Welcome to Fertility Fridays. I'm your host, Leah Vaughn. Join me for today's episode as we explore all things on the road to becoming mama. Hello there and welcome to my beautiful mamas, soon-to-be mamas, future mamas, aspiring mamas, and all mamas in between. Thank you so much for joining me on today's Fertility Fridays segment of the Unspoken Cycle podcast. I am your host, Leah Vaughn, and welcome. How are y'all doing today? I hope you're doing well. Summer is wrapping up and coming to an end. These are truly the dog days of summer. And yeah, I'm ready for a transition. I don't know about you, but where I'm at, the scorching hot heat, I've been complaining about it all summer since May, even though May is technically not summer. Um, According to the calendar in Florida, it is. So anyways, I am ready for cooler weather for sure. Today we are talking about Western versus Eastern medicine in regards to fertility treatments. The reason why I wanted to discuss these two types of medicines is because when I began to go through my fertility treatments and begin preparing my body and trying to figure out how healthy I was, what nutritional things I needed to change, what dietary changes I needed to make, um, and any additional vitamins and supplements I needed to add into my regimen, I was quickly referred to Chinese medicine, so acupuncture and herbal medicines. And that was something that I hadn't really thought about exploring on my own before. I'm not super familiar with Eastern medicine, so that was a little bit new. Obviously, I've heard of acupuncture, but I haven't really ever explored the background of it or what, you know, why specifically it's beneficial and how it can help fertility in a unique way. Um, A lot of women who suffer from infertility or would just like to boost their chances of conceiving or uh, whatever else along those lines do go to acupuncture and use Chinese herbs and supplements. So I wanted to talk about it because it is a big thing. And I think that we are also seeing an uptick in people who don't necessarily trust Western medicine as much as they used to. Um, obviously, we've got some amazing fertility specialists and clinics around the country and around the world. Um, I've had some fantastic doctors who I have had the pleasure of working with as a patient. However, that's not always the case. And sometimes people are misdiagnosed or sometimes they're prescribed things um, that are not the best regimen for them and they find out the hard way. And unfortunately, those stories do exist. Those cases do exist. So there are some people who have less faith than they used to in Western medicine. I think it's important to have this conversation because when you're having to make a decision about the best method of care for you for your specific situation, it's so helpful to understand how each of these medicines can Um, contribute to whatever it is that you're needing to accomplish. So let's dig in, ladies. What are the primary differences between Western and Eastern medicine? 
Western medicine is scientific based. It's factually based on studies and research that has been done. A lot of the treatments in Western medicine contain a pharmaceutical focus. There are a lot of patients in Western medicine, as far as fertility treatments, who receive medications and injections and all sorts of other things to help um, their body achieve what it needs to achieve. So that is something that makes Western medicine very unique from Eastern medicine because Eastern medicine on the flip side is a much more holistic approach. It's very much a overall, an overall wellness approach to health. It's a whole body experience. So your the root of Eastern medicine is trying to find the cause of what's going on and heal it within your body without any additional medications or synthetic um, hormones or anything like that being uh, ingested or injected into your body. It's very much organic treatment and treating your body as a fertility temple, so to speak. So we're looking at science and pharmaceuticals versus wellness and healing the body from the inside. And I think those are the things that distinguish Western versus Eastern medicine from each other um, in the best way that I can describe. There are benefits to both. There's pros and cons to both of the approaches of Western and Eastern medicine. So we'll start with Eastern medicine because I knew the least about this. It's definitely been something that's been interesting and exciting for me to explore for myself, but just interesting to learn about as well. So Eastern medicine provides a more preventive care that's meant to work to make sure the body systems such as the immune system, digestive system, et cetera, function at their best. So Eastern medicine looks within and wants to find the things that are causing whatever ailments or problems you have. So when it comes to fertility, a lot of the times... Eastern medicine focuses on things like um, cellular reproduction health and um, lowering inflammation, reducing stress, you know, all of the things that are kind of organic responses in your body when something goes wrong or something is not functioning in its most efficient way. Now, there are reasons why Eastern medicine is frowned upon. Don't quote me on this because I am not an expert in Eastern or Western medicine, but when doing my research, I didn't find a ton of scientific research or even abstracts that were done on Eastern medicinal methods. So I believe that that is some of the reason why some people don't believe in Eastern medicine very much or don't think that it'll work or be helpful for them. It's not exclusively based in scientific research. Again, it's a very holistic approach. It's about healing the body and kind of rebuilding it on the inside. And that is not something that can be done very quickly, depending on what it is that you're trying to heal or improve or whatever function in your body needs attention. 
those things can take time. Sometimes when you take supplements or start to exercise or make dietary changes, you see the effects of those things on your body over time. They're not necessarily instantaneous results. Eastern medicine is not something that's meant to be rushed. It's meant to be administered over a period of time and allows your body the necessary rejuvenation and reproduction of the cells and everything else in your body that need to heal and um, that need to heal. Unfortunately, when it comes to Eastern medicine, we do see a lot of individuals who claim that they are experts in uh, nutrition or fertility treatment that have no scientific background or no scientific medical credentials uh, or degrees. And that also in my opinion, does a disservice to the benefit of Eastern medicine because even I myself have followed certain individuals on social media who call themselves, you know, fertility coaches or fertility experts or whatever it is. And unfortunately, a lot of the time they make false claims about things um, that improve fertility and use the name, you know, use their claims in the name of all natural treatments. There was a woman on Instagram a couple of weeks ago who posted something, and I can't even honestly remember her name. I blocked her page, and uh, I'll tell you why. So she had posted something on her Instagram, and she considers herself a professional wellness whatever, nutrition, something. I don't know. There were some credentials behind her name that didn't even make sense to me. Uh, it wasn't MD, I'll tell you that much, or anything along those lines. She's not a nurse. She's not a doctor. She's not a PA. She's not anything like that. And so she posted something that saying um, that there were studies done showing that egg quality in women can improve over time, even in older age. So for a woman like me, who just turned 43 years old, and has been struggling to conceive for around three years now, and obviously has not been successful, trust and believe, I have probably done everything I can possibly do holistically to my body to promote better egg quality for the little bit of eggs that I have left in my reserve. If that were true, I feel like I would have already found out. And scientifically, it's been proven that that is not true, that the older that you are, your egg quality declines. Not only does it decline, but your egg reserve, the quantity of eggs you have also declines. And the one thing that we can do is try to sustain whatever quality there is now and make it as fruitful as possible. And for her to say that science has misled us and that there are things we can do to improve egg quality and, you know, therefore cure, in, you know, infertility due to 
low egg quality for older women. To me, it was insulting. To me, she was horrendous, just a very ugly person who is quote unquote speaking truth into a community that's so vulnerable. You know, I've cried so many times just from disappointment and overwhelm and frustration and not understanding why and just hating that, you know, I've gotten older and all of the shoulda, coulda, wouldas that I've battled. And I don't appreciate people like her that just prey on our maternal weaknesses as far as wanting to procreate so badly. And there are a lot of people like her out there. And so I actually commented on the post and was like, you know, this is not fair that you're sharing this as if it's a scientifically proven fact. Um, I don't think that you should be taking advantage of a vulnerable population of women who would love to hear this because there were a lot of women in the comments who were like, oh my gosh, no way. Why didn't we know this before? There were clearly women who were buying into her bullshit. And that pissed me off and made me feel just terrible about it. And so she did not like my comment and I blocked her. I mean, I don't, I don't care. It's social media. I could really care less about who does and doesn't like anything I put out there and have to say, especially when it comes to our experiences as women and our bodies. And so that is an example of some of the reasons why people don't go to Eastern medicine for things because there are too many quote unquote professionals out there who are claiming to have all of the holistic answers. And that is not necessarily true. So for me, it's still a community um, that some feel can't be trusted. And then, you know, you can't argue science. So that's the other side of that is when people are talking about holistic approaches to medicine and you have scientific factual based information on the other side, you know, which one are you going to go to? So examples of Eastern fertility treatments, acupuncture, acupuncture is probably one of the main treatments that I have heard actually that actually is beneficial for fertility. Um, Chinese medicine is acupuncture. A lot of the Chinese medicine doctors not only provide acupuncture, but many of them also provide an herbal regimen as well so that you can combine the acupuncture treatments with the holistic herbal medicinal piece of that. I will say that I have never received acupuncture. I know I have been referred to it many times. Quite honestly, in a world where insurance already doesn't cover very many things, like we don't have fertility insurance and the insurance that we currently have doesn't cover a lot and the co-pays are high and the deductibles are high and everything else, another out-of-pocket expense is frustrating sometimes and I have to kind of weigh my options and what I'm willing to invest in and not invest in. So I have not yet invested in acupuncture. I do believe I will at some point if I feel that it's uh, something that'll be 
um, additionally helpful for my situation, but I know that it is meant to increase blood flow, relaxation, reduce stress. There's a lot of benefits to acupuncture. I've never talked to anyone who's received acupuncture and heard bad things about it or negative reviews about their experience with how it made them feel and how it helped them individually. So if you're certain, if you're somebody who is exploring the possibility of beginning acupuncture treatments. I definitely recommend it, even though I have not received acupuncture treatments myself. But I do, on the other hand, take an herbal supplement um, from an acupuncture company in New York City called Yanova. That's spelled Y-I-N-O-V-A. And my wife actually found them online. And when you go onto their website... They uh, obviously offer acupuncture services specifically for fertility. However, they also have a huge um, array of various herbal treatments as well. So I take herbal treatment in the form of drops and they come in a little bottle and I do, I take about three dropperfuls and some juice or something uh, once a day. You take a survey and it asks a lot of personal questions about your situation, about your body, and a lot of physical things and a lot of physical things about you. And then it determines what type of uh, their herbal medicines um, are best for your situation. So I currently take the activate. Uh, herbal drops just because I have a slower metabolism. Uh, my thyroid is non-existent in my body. So I take a synthetic thyroid hormone and I tend to feel fatigued and sluggish and get dehydrated easily. And so this is specifically meant to uh, rejuvenate and re-energize my body and kind of spruce up my cellular energy. My wife has also taken their Nourish Blend as well as the Cycle Blend, which is two different types of um, herbal blends, one for the first half of your uh, menstrual cycle and one for the second half. So you have one for the follicular phase and one for the luteal phase. Other types of Eastern medicine include things like womb massage. There are certain types of massage that you can receive that stimulate blood flow and are meant to heal certain things in our reproductive areas. There are a plethora of supplements and vitamins um, that we can take. I personally take a regimen. Are you ready, ladies? write this down. So I take a regimen of a prenatal multivitamin. I take an additional folic acid. I take vitamin E, vitamin D. I take a multi-supplement that includes iodine, selenium, and calcium calcium and magnesium in it. I also take Co CoQ10 and an omega-3 fish oil supplement. So all of those things are specific to my particular situation. I'm trying to think of what else I take. Um, oh, I also take DHEA because my DHEAS is low. That is a form of testosterone in a woman's body. I'm not going to get into it. I'm not prepared to explain that right now, but that is also a supplement that I take as well. 
we just have to know specifically kind of what our situation is and what would best benefit our bodies for that. And we also can choose to switch to more organic diets and foods. I know that here we try to do whole foods and organic fruits and vegetables. We try to steer clear of things that are heavy um, or maybe exposed to pesticides or unnatural ingredients. It's really hard. You know, we don't go shopping at Whole Foods and Trader Joe's all the time. We pretty much most of the time stick to the grocery store in our neighborhood, which is a Publix. But at the same time, healthy, wholesome, organic foods are certainly things that can help our body and the way it works from the inside out. Um, Another thing is also the Mediterranean diet. I've heard a lot of really good things about the Mediterranean diet, although it's not specifically an Eastern approach to medicine. Since I mentioned um, diets, there's definitely, um, that is definitely the diet that I've always heard has been referred to as kind of the fertility diet. It just is good to reduce inflammation and improve um, energy and metabolism and a lot of other things that our bodies need uh, to have the best functioning fertility that we possibly can. There is an article that I found online that was really helpful in gathering some of the information that I gathered about Eastern medicine. It's called Successful Pregnancy After Treatment with Chinese Herbal Medicine in a 43-Year-Old Woman with Diminished Ovarian Reserve and Multiple Uterus Fibrosis, which is a case report. So if you take a look at that, it downloads in a PDF version. But it was really helpful to, to, just to see how different types of holistic treatments really can heal our bodies. You know, a lot of the things that we struggle with, whether it be digestive issues or gut health, um, even mental health and our fertility, um, a lot of the systems that work in our bodies suffer from inflammation And things that can heal and that we can better um, and that we can improve on our own through some of these holistic approaches to medicine. So I do certainly personally believe in Eastern medicine. I think that there's nothing wrong with putting healthy things in your body. And I certainly think that there's nothing wrong with exploring how to heal our bodies on the inside. Okay, moving on to Western medicine. There are obvious benefits to Western medicine. Um, The majority of people I know receive all different types of Western medicine. Western medicine typically has a rapid, very quick or immediate effect. So it's highly effective for a lot of different conditions in our bodies, such as infectious diseases, life-threatening illnesses, Um, Western medicine is based on scientific evidence and research, so we know what works for a fact. Um, Lab research is obviously critical to understanding how Western medicine really does work, so we have factual proof of the ways that it helps. Western medicine infertility consists largely of ART, so assisted reproductive technology. 
Western medicine can be criticized by some people simply because there is a huge pharmaceutical presence in Western medicine, i.e. pills, injections. A lot of people don't want to put synthetic stuff into our bodies. I know that when I was doing IUI treatments, I was doing medicated cycles, which consisted of taking um, letrozole for uh, five days to promote the follicle growth in my body and get my uh, ovaries ready to ovulate. And then I took a trigger shot and that uh, just like the name says, triggered ovulation so that my doctors knew exactly when I was getting ready to ovulate. They could see exactly how big my follicles were and know how many were there. And then um, they would, we would do the IUI procedure. And that entire medicated process was manipulating my cycle. So it wasn't a natural cycle. We weren't just going off of my body um, I started my period and then, you know, a week or so later I was getting ready to ovulate and then they timed it with my own natural ovulation. And I will say that the medications were pretty hard on my body. It was a lot of hormones that I wasn't used to on top of what my body was already trying to do on its own. Uh, it was pretty hard to deal with. And then on another um, note, just um, in a different way for my own health, I since I don't have a thyroid, I do take a synthetic thyroid hormone every morning and I will have to for the rest of my life. So I have relied on Western medicine for some pretty major illnesses and physical ailments in my body in my lifetime. Um, I can attest to the effectiveness that I have personally experienced with Western medicine and pharmaceuticals. Although I don't believe in taking a ton of different medications, um, I don't want to try this and try that. I don't want to be on any trial um, prescription drugs or anything like that. Even with my thyroid medication, I don't take um, generic. I only take the brand name. And there are reasons for that, you know, so everybody feels differently, but there are some people who don't believe in manipulating your body's cycle or your body's system uh, when it comes to fertility treatments. And that's why they prefer to go the more Eastern route or the more holistic route, um, which is not as intense medicinally on your body. Another part of Western medicine um, in the fertility world that I spoke about earlier is the quality of care that you receive. There are some great fertility doctors, some amazing reproductive endocrinologists out there. There are fantastic um, clinics that are, you know, known all over the world for the work that they do and their successes and just the amazing ways they go above and beyond for their patients. And then there are those who are not so great. Um, I don't know if you've listened to any Fertility Fridays segments before this one, but I did speak a couple weeks ago about a unfortunate experience that we had here at a clinic in Florida and I'm not going to name the doctor or the clinic because I just don't believe in bashing people 
Um, however, if you just so happen to live in Florida and you just so happen to Google fertility clinics, you may see a comment uh, or a review <laughs> that I made and then you'll know who it was and how I felt. <laughs> but um, anyways, my wife was undergoing IUI treatment. Her first cycle with this or her second, second cycle with this doctor was unmedicated. Unfortunately, the doctor didn't pay attention to the fact that my wife ovulates around two to three days earlier than average, which is not abnormal. It's just a little earlier than the average 14-day ovulation cycle for most women, most women, not all women. My wife is not one of those cookie-cutter cookie ovulators. And we tried to tell her that we've been tra tracking my wife's cycle for a very, very long time, and she consistently ovulates around day 11. The um, sometimes day 12, the doctor did not listen. She did a sonogram on day 10 and the follicle looked like it was about ready to rupture. And then she said, okay, come back in two days. And we're like, well, what about tomorrow? And she says, no, no, tomorrow it'll be too soon. So come back in two days. Sure enough, we went back in two days and guess what? The follicle had ruptured and she refused to do the IUI because Mel had already ovulated and we missed the time frame. So that's an example of poor bedside manner in Western medicine. Unfortunately, there are some doctors who are just very tone deaf and I believe her problem is that she works at an extremely busy fertility clinic and probably has a ton of patients and she literally every time we talked to her felt like she was running around like a chicken with her head cut off and just multitasking. And while I'm someone who believes in multitasking, if you're a physician and you can't do it, that's a problem. So some in, so some people have not had good experiences with Western medicine in that approach. And it is unfortunate because um, even though we've had that experience, we've had great physicians and in great areas as well. So we do know that there is a potential for there to be high quality patient care out there. And I choose to still believe in that. An obvious example of Western medicine and fertility treatment is IVF. IUI is another example, obviously. Um, I had medicated IUI cycles, you know, that's very Western medicine-y. And so those are the ways that Western medicine helps. All of those assisted reproductive technologies that you find in the care of reproductive endocrinologists and in the care of fertility clinics are, are Western medicine. Now, what I will say is I personally believe in both approaches. I think there is great help in knowing the science behind fertility and the potential causes of infertility. I appreciate all of the technology and all of the testing that can be done. I think it's great that we can put an embryo under a scope and pull genetics out of it and know if it's viable or not viable, even be able to tell the sex of the embryo, fe female or male. You know, I think that it's so great that we can pull genetic testing, that we can run blood blood tests and find out all sorts of answers to, to 
um, all of the problems that we're experiencing in those ways. I do think that in some situations, medicine is necessary. Obviously, if you're undergoing IVF, there are a lot of different fertility medications um, that you have to take, a lot of hormones, lots of injections. Those things are necessary. I understand that. I believe in that. I, I wholeheartedly believe in IVF success. I know so many women who have had successes that way. I know some women who haven't. But at the end of the day, Western medicine is something that I personally rely on in my life um, and have utilized my entire lifetime. But as a newbie to the Eastern approach, I also believe there are benefits from things like acupuncture and from utilizing those resources, those holistic resources to relax our bodies, to calm our bodies, and to heal our bodies from within. Um, that is really important to me as well. So I am the kind of person who believes in Eastern medicine in conjunction with any other fertility treatments you may be receiving. I think that there's nothing wrong with that. I actually um, feel good about taking my herbal supplements, my Chinese herbal supplements. I renew my prescription for them every month. And I truly do feel like there's something inside of me that they're doing to benefit my journey and my health right now. So yeah, I am a believer in both. I don't choose a side. I am Switzerland. <laughs> but anyways, and I think that it's just really important for all of us to be able to educate ourselves on the best approach for us. There is another uh, study that I found online called The Use of Traditional Chinese Medicine as an Adjunct to Western Fertility Treatments for the Management of Female Infertility. It was written in 2012 by Miriam R. De Los Santos. Uh, she attended the School of Physician Assistant Studies and was an intern. And um, that also downloads as a PDF. Uh, it's quite long, but it's really interesting because, like I said, there are a lot of women who believe in both and who will receive certain types of treatments in addition to their IVF or their fertility treatments at a clinic or who will do acupuncture and things like that before they even begin to start their IVF treatment or go through their IVF journey. So if you're interested in how the two can work hand in hand, definitely take a look at that study. I think it's a super helpful and beneficial one if you're trying to make decisions on what, what else you can do to um, improve your fertility. At the end of the day, ladies, education on both of these areas is really important. It's up to us to dissect what we need to and apply it to our specific individual and unique situations. Fertility care and fertility treatment is a very, very personal decision. It's tailored to all of our specific and individual needs, to what our body needs, to what our medical needs are. And it's certainly one 100% our choice. And that's okay. Just because something works for someone and doesn't work for you doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you or doesn't mean that that person is privileged in any way or favored in any way. It just means that that's not the right approach for you. And I'm certainly a believer in we just have to figure out what is best for our own individual need. Um, again, I believe in science and technology. I believe in the testing that's done to determine 
things that are happening that we may not know about that need to be addressed, I highly encourage you to take that approach first. If you're not sure what's going on, but you have received a diagnosis of unexplained infertility or secondary infertility or just infertility in general, make sure that you've explored all of the different types of testing that can be run to figure out what may be causing um, the setback for your fertility journey. And I also think that it's important to just make sure that we are treating our bodies as our temples. I know that one thing that can be hard for me sometimes personally is when I start to feel like I'm up against a brick wall or that I'm just spinning my wheels endlessly and they're not going anywhere and I'm putting all of this effort and energy into hoping and trying to make something work and it's not working, I tend to kind of fall off sometimes on my health and not be so diligent Um and disciplined about taking care of my body. And I'm not saying don't go out to dinner and and don't have cheat days and all those things. Like do what you want to do. But I think that I tend to get in my own way when I start to feel hopeless or helpless or just defeated. And it's definitely something that is not beneficial either, you know. And so I'm actually in a situation like that right now where the last few months I've not been totally dedicated to my overall health and wellness. And obviously I should be. I'm 43 years old. I'm trying to actively get pregnant. And I'm thinking, what am I doing? Why would I slack off now? Because when I am successful, I have a whole pregnancy to nourish and take care of in my body physically. And then comes the baby and I'm not going to have time to rest and I'm not going to have time to decide to reset and figure my nutrition needs out. And, you know, I need to get on the ball now. And so I end up kind of kicking myself in the ass, like, why Leah, did you slack off? You know, and I have to give myself grace because it's a hard journey. It's tough to deal with. It's overwhelming. It's stressful. And it's all of these emotions and and we're on this constant roller coaster through it. But I still need to do better at just being consistent and not letting myself down when I'm feeling bummed and like everything else is working against me. And I just encourage y'all to do the same, ladies. Don't give up on yourself. Nourish and treat your body as if it is the temple that's carrying your unborn child now so that when that does happen for you, you're already on the right track to giving that baby the best, most cushy home it can have for those nine months that you'll be carrying it. And just don't forget that there is a light at the end of this tunnel. And what we can do now is take care of the now, right? We can't go backwards and change what we did or didn't do yesterday. And we can't predict what's going to happen tomorrow. So let's focus on today. Let's focus on being the best, healthiest versions of ourselves today. And just do the research that you need to do to figure out what the what the best approach is for you and your situation. And I have faith that we will all at some point figure it out. Okay, ladies, hang in there. I know it's a grueling process. I know that all of these things can get redundant to hear about and talk about. But at the end of the day, we're on this journey because we want to be mamas, either first time mamas or mamas again. And that's what our heart's desire is. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. We are all in that same boat together. Thank you so much for listening to today's Fertility Friday segment on the Unspoken Cycle podcast. 
Again, I'm your host, Leah Vaughn. If you have not yet, please like and subscribe. And also make sure you hop on over to the unspokencycle.com. There is an immense community of women in your boat with relatable life situations and stories who are waiting there for you with supportive open arms. Until next time, mamas, stay strong. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of Fertility Fridays. Please like and subscribe. And don't forget to join the private community just for women at theunspokencycle.com. Until next week, stay strong.